0: Alrighty. hopefully my phone doesn't die. It's at a pretty low percentage, so. Sorry, podcasters. It, it
1: gets cut off. <laughs> <It's> what happens? <laughs>
0: she, oh, no. okay. Pray for yourself.
1: No, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: No, it should last. Um, okay, welcome, everybody. Um, so, review from last week. God leads the Israelites out of Egypt. They are victorious. They're walking through Egypt and out, and they walk through the wilderness, and God brings them to, I think it is the Red Sea and the pillar of fire is there with them, representing the presence of God that is with them and guiding them and protecting them, giving them light at night and direction during the day. And then God hardens Pharaoh's heart and tells Moses that he's going to send Pharaoh after him, um, and he's going to uh, basically display his glory once and for all in a very big way, and he does. He splits the sea in half, and the Israelites walk across on dry ground, and then when the pillar of fire lets the the Egyptians through, they come through the the sea, and the sea closes in on them, and then Pharaoh dies, and basically everyone there knows that God is God, Um, so God got the glory, and we talked about how God always works in really different, in really mysterious, unusual ways, Um, like all throughout scripture, that's what he chooses to do, he works works in ways that are so unusual for his glory, um, which is really cool to talk about, and really cool to see, Um, and this week we're starting at chapter 15, so Just, like, picture the Israelites looking at the sea, their enemies absolutely defeated. They are officially free from slavery. God has just done this wonderful, like, miracle, and they're just staring at the sea, and then Moses leads the people in worship, because that's what you do when God does something amazing. You worship. Um, And there's something really cool about songs, right? Like, a lot of you in here are musicians, like Delaney and Elise and Kayla. You guys all are, like, you love music, and you love to sing um, and there's something really cool about worship that stirs something in our heart, right? Um, so right now, what are some of your guys' favorite worship songs? Like, what's a song that really resonates with you right now? Everyone pulling up their phones. <laughs> <laughs> the commission by Cain.
1: <laughs>
0: the commission by Cain. Cain yes. is my. Mine's come.
1: For you must it. perform it now.
0: No. <laughs> she goes, I, have one. <laughs> I, I like Kane, too, and I like the one called Come Forth. Come yes. Forth? I don't know Kane. Oh, it's oh, so it's good. I showed really it really to Brooke. Yeah. I
2: have to oh, to. Right, um, mine is Just As Good by Chris Renssela. Oh. oh no. I sent that to Maddie. Or so Holy, good. Holy, Holy. It's it, sung it's song in general, but specifically the one by Hillsong. Okay. So mm-hmm. good.
0: That song. Um
2: for me probably anything by MBL worship or like a like a worship band that has like the all live recordings. Wait, what's NBL? Made by Love or Made. Oh. Made by Love. I had
0: never heard of them either. I
2: don't I don't know what the NBL scene for. Something like that, Made by Love or Made something. Um but they're really good. Um, but the specific song is One King. I shared mm-hmm. it. This past Saturday,
0: a coffee and conversations. Um, that's one of my favorites right now. Um, I have a playlist that's like a lot of songs that like aren't exactly like worship songs that you'd sing on Sunday. They were like just like I don't know singer songwriter songs, and I love the song "Burnout" by the Beauty Initiative Within Focus. That's like their name, a Beauty Initiative Within Focus. It's called "Burnout," and it's so good. Literally mm-hmm. cried the first time I listened to it. So songs have this, like, really cool ability to stir something inside of us. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever been, I mean, I'm sure you guys all are there on Sunday mornings, like, you're in worship, with surrounded by other believers, and you're singing, and, like, maybe a song really speaks to you or helps you see God more, and it makes you just, like, want to lift your hands or cry or, like, you know, it's just stir something within us, and, like... Delaney and Elise, you guys lead worship frequently, so you understand that more than anyone. And then you get the opportunity to lead people. So here, Moses is like the leader um, that is leading them in worship. So, um, I'm going to just read the song for us. And, um, yeah, you guys just picture being the Israelites after God did this, and then singing this song as praise to the Lord. So just like picture that in your mind as I read this. Uh, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider have thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk into the Red Sea. The floods covered them, and they went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O oh Lord, glories in power, your right hand, O oh Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty you overthrow your adversaries, you send out your fury, it consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils the waters piled up, the flood stood up in a heap, the deeps congleed. Con- what in the world is that word? In the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, and my hand shall destroy them. You blew them with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead into the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard, they tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistria. Now the chiefs of Edom dismayed, trembling sizes the leaders of Moab. All the all the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the peoples pass whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will the Lord will reign for ever and ever. Um, and then basically it like breaks off into a different part of the song, and then Miriam, Moses' sister, comes in and sings like a nice ending. And she says in verse 21, "Sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider have been thrown into the sea." So it's like a really cool picture of this amazing worship service that's happening at the edge of the sea, praising God for what He's done. Um, so looking at this song, it says a lot about who God is. What are some of the things that it tells us about what? Who the Lord is. He is powerful. He is powerful. Yeah. It's just this picture of the Lord being powerful and then everyone else sinking (laughs) in the sea like stones. He says it over and over again. Yeah, what else does it say about the Lord?
2: My version in verse 3 says he's a warrior.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What version do you have?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I like that. The Lord is a warrior. Yeah, so the format of this this song, it starts with the glory of God, right? It starts with, the Lord did this. He defeated our enemies. He is my rock, my salvation, my song. He is a warrior. It's describing, like, the power and the glory of the Lord. So it always begins with the glory of God. And then in verse 2 it reminds us that God is a personal God. So it says like he is my strength, he is my song, he is my salvation. This is my God. So God is a personal God to the Israelite people. He loves them personally. He's there. He's their God, he's their rock, he's their strength. And in the same way he is these things for us too. He is our rock, our strength, our song. He's personal. He knows you as an individual. Um, and when we praise him, we're praising him as individuals, but also together, which is like a really beautiful thing. Um, and it reminds everyone of who God is. So songs have this amazing thing where, I don't know if you guys do this with songs, but you connect it to certain times in your life. So like, I'll listen to a song and I'll remember a certain time in my life. Mm-hmm. Songs help us remember. So again, all, God wants the Israelites to remember. So by, Mo, by Moses singing this song, he's going to help the people remember what the Lord has done. Because they're going to forget, and we're going to see that this week, they're going to forget really fast. Um, So the Lord is powerful; He's strong. He does amazing things. He destroys enemies. It's reminding everyone that this is who the Lord is. Um, And Moses also praises God for being unique. Um, In verse, what is it? Verse eleven: Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Obviously, through all the plagues, right? God proved that He was God alone. When He split the sea, He was the only God that could do that. And when he destroyed the Egyptians, he's, he's basically saying no nation is power more powerful than I am. God is unique. He is powerful. He has defeated everyone. Um, and then verse 13, it reminds us of God's steadfast love, um, that the covenant that he's made with the Israelites to protect them, to save them, to free them, is only because of his love, only because of his mercy, only because of who he is. Um, and he's going to lead them in steadfast love. Um you never want to be led by someone who doesn't love you, right? I think of, like, my relationship with Luke. I see him as the leader of our relationship. It would be terrible if he was not a loving person. I would not want to follow him. The only people we want to follow are people that love us. And God loves us more than anyone, so we can—he loves us unlike anyone, so we can trust him completely. Um and yeah, so it's a reminder that God alone will reign forever and ever, which is how it ends in verse 18. So it's this beautiful, awesome picture, um, which is what psalms should be. Um, so this is kind of a question for you guys who lead worship, but how important are the lyrics to you when you're leading someone in worship? Rephrase
2: that question.
0: Rephrase it? Yeah. Um, if From you're when you're like leading people in worship how much do you pay attention to what the song is saying Um,
1: I would say (laughs) um I mean I think I would I I do like like have lots of trouble like focusing during like worship like songs and I like try really hard to like not make it about me but make it more about God yeah um so just kind of applying the lyrics to like what god has done in my life really helps a lot Mm. um also like sometimes just like praying i worship like telling god like god i can't do this i can't i can't like i can't even like pretend to worship like i just i don't know um but like there are definitely lots of sweet times when i just like trust in god's goodness and like don't really care about like what anyone else thinks of me and just want god to be glorified in that moment Mm. because like Honestly, I could sing as loud as I want to, as good as I want to, but it would be so much better if God just got on the stage and just showed everyone his glory. I'm like, God, why don't you come? I am the one singing up here like, this is crazy. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't, like, he's like, I want to choose you because you do my glory. I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just, just glorifying God and thanking him for everything he's done and just mm. making it all about him. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah, which is hard sometimes to do, I'm sure, when everyone's looking at you. Mm. And you're like, ah, glorify him, go at yeah. him, look at him. Please look
1: at him. Don't look at me. Yeah, it
0: so much it's a heart thing too. Like I struggle with the same thing,
2: and a lot of times it's just because my heart is not fully in it. Yeah. If your heart's not fully in the words that you're singing, it's easier to get distracted. Mm-hmm. And I found for me, it's a it's a song thing too. Like yeah. you were saying, like different songs for different times in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's some songs that I like. I'm asked to lead, and I lead them, but I don't connect with them as much as other songs. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. That does so, make sense. But I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago in a small group of us where, but like, if personally, if I don't focus on the words, then I know that my heart is not in the right place. So the words are really, really important to me. Hmm. And that sounds so silly, but like...
0: Yeah. No, it doesn't sound silly. The words should be important. Because the words are what are declaring something about God or declaring yeah. something about what he's doing. Um, so yeah, um... <clears throat> worship is really important right and what we're saying when we worship is really important and that's why it's so important to have a God-centered perspective when we're worshiping um so I encourage you guys that your favorite worship songs take a moment this week and look through the lyrics what's the what's the song talking about does it say the word I and me more than it does God because um, I look at a lot of like the worship songs that sometimes we listen to and you will notice in some of the songs that it never mentions God that much or like what he's like or who he is it mentions a whole lot about us. And so like our worship, if it's gonna be centered around God, I encourage you to find songs that point to him, that point to Christ. Um because worship does something to our hearts. It either forms our hearts towards God or it forms us more to like a me centered faith, which is like no no zone, right? We don't want to be in a me centered faith, we wanna be in God centered faith. Um but yeah, worship is powerful, which is why Moses turns to the lord in this amazing time of of freedom um so now they're in the wilderness and the wilderness is like testing time i was reading a commentary that called this wilderness university which i thought was clever but it was from a commentary so it's not like not from my own brain but wilderness university so god's going to take them through a series of trials and tests to grow them to tell them that he's god to help them see that he is god Um, and you will see time and time again that every single time the Israelites fail, but God never stops loving them. Um, so the first crisis we come along in the wilderness, they're walking through the wilderness, they're singing worship songs, and they're like, oh, I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? Did you pack water? Like, no, my nalging ran out, you know, like, it's like, (laughs) like, all the water that they packed, if they packed any water, is probably gone. And then... The quickest way to die is of thirst.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We, the human body can only go three days without any water, and then you die, and then you, and, and, and then you die, and then you die. So, like, this is a crisis. They have no water, and then they come to this stream, and the water is bitter. So it's uh, it's unable to be, like, drunk. I don't. Is that the right grammar? It's unable to be, drank, drunk, drinking? Un- drinking. Yeah, drinking. I don't know. <laughs> it is not soap. able to be. I would just avoid <laughs> the word. I could be like. You can't consume it <laughs> <laughs> it cannot be consumed um so I I looked up some facts about water um as any teacher does when you teach about water but 60% of the human body is water and the brain itself is composed of 73% water oh. so this is just my moment to get on my pedestal and say that if you have headaches and you're not drinking water drink water and then your headache will go away because if your brain is made of 60 73% water, and you're not drinking water. It won't happen over, like, in a day. You have no. to keep doing it. Your yes. body is a body of patterns. Yes. So keep drinking water. Yeah, so I know I know some of you, and I know you don't drink water, so... <laughs> <laughs> drink, drink water. Drink water. Yeah. Okay, well,
1: this has been a problem since like high school. I know. This is water. Oh,
0: good. Let's put that up. You've changed. So the Israelites have no water. They're thirsty um, and they start to complain. So looking at verses 24 and 25, um, it says And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Um, so the people, of course, turns to Moses. He's the leader, and they are complaining to Moses. They're like, where's our water? Um, and Moses turns right to God right away. He doesn't even talk to the people. He's like, okay, Lord, what do I do? Um, which is should be so encouraging to us because anytime we face a crisis, anytime we face anything in life where we're being, like, threatened or we're in danger or we're just confused about a situation, we can turn right to God and trust that he'll take care of us. And God tells moses what to do right away he says take this log and throw it into the water and immediately the water became sweet mm-hmm. so god tells ex- exactly what moses to do um and then god tells the people in verse 26 he says if you will diligently listen to the voice of the lord your god and do what is right in his eyes and give ears to his commandments and keep all his statues i will put none of these diseases on you i'll put on that i put on the egyptians for i am the lord your healer Um, So he says to obey him, to trust him, to listen to him. He said, I'm going to give you this water. See, I'm going to provide for you. You were freaking out, but I provided for you, didn't I? So trust me, keep my commandments, know that I am God. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you sick like I did the Egyptians because you're my people and I am your God. I am your healer. Um, So looking at that phrase, I am the Lord, your healer. What does that mean for our lives? If God is our healer, what does that mean for us? Or, I guess, what does that mean to you when you hear that, that the Lord is your healer?
1: Well, I think, like, for me, like, I, I tend to, like, get really, like, upset whenever I hear about, like, terrible things, like, happening in the world, like, yeah. like, all these, like, awful things that, like, happen at your work, Maddie, and, like, and, like, all the awful things that, like, happen, like, on the news and everything that's happening, like, um, yeah. in, in, oh my gosh, Ukraine, yeah, and all that, and just, like, all these, like, stories that, like, people say, and, And it, like, it makes me, like, kind of forget that God's there, but I think, and forgetting that God's there is, like, really discouraging a lot, Mm -hmm. um, but just, like, reminding myself that, like, he's already, like, provided purification for sins, and that this is just how his way of, like, cleansing, like, cleansing the world, and when he comes back, it's all just gonna go away, like, how you always say, like, he will dry every tear from our eyes, and Mm -hmm. I think just reminder of like the gospel message in my heart is kind of healing from that discouragement that we get um yeah yeah that's good mm-hmm. using the gospel as
0: like kind of a healing balm
1: yeah there. yeah 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 and for my sin too yeah like i do get discouraged about my sin too a lot yeah so me too me too
0: yeah what else the lord is your healer what does that mean for you is, like, we'll heal Mm. physical ailments or anything like that. But also, like, healing is the process of making something complete in whatever way it needs to be completed. Mm. Yeah. Right? So, like, making it whole again, making it complete again, or finished, or whatever. Mm. And that is what the Lord does. (laughs) Yeah. Like, even in a really awful situation or stuff that's not fun, like, Mm. he's the one that will that that will you know, bring you full circle or yeah. use it for his glory or show you, you know, what it was for. I mean, you don't get to see what it's for, but he's the one that yeah. pulls it all together, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In addition to what Elise said. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good, too. Like, He, no matter what brokenness you experience personally in your life, because we all experience some level of brokenness, he promises that he's the healer of that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah, he heals our sin, right? Which is our biggest, our biggest sickness is our sin. So he heals us of that. He heals our brokenness. He heals us physically. When we walk through grief, when we walk through breakups, when we walk through hard situations in our life, he's the one that's going to heal us. Um, He's the one that's going to help us. Not always like that pain is going to go away, but he's the one that comforts us in it and, and slowly like, you know, brings us back to where he wants us to be. Um and he heals the Israelites' thirst. So he also provides for like our actual needs. So like he heals our financial problems. He heals our actual sicknesses sometimes if that's his will. He's the great physician um and yeah, which was my next point. He's the great physician. He's the great comforter. He is our healer, the only one that we can trust. So we have to run to him. Um so God is testing the Israelites in the wilderness over and over again. And he's building their trust in him. Um which is crazy because you'd think that they would trust him completely at this point. I mean he just like divided the sea for them and remember that they have this pillar of fire, this cloud, right, following them everywhere they go which is like the presence of God with them. Yet they still struggle to believe that God is going to provide for them which we will see again and then this is the next part. Um, But another point I wanted to hit on is that the water that the God blessed the Israelites with was sweet, right? That's what the text says. It says that the water was sweet. The Israelites didn't really deserve water in the first place because they grumbled and complained and they didn't trust God. But God was so merciful to them that not only did he just give them drinkable water, but he gave them sweet water. Um, so it tasted good. It was refreshing. It was like actually enjoyable to drink. This is like a major act of grace on God's part. Um, and God's grace is sweet, right? We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve to have this relationship with God. We don't deserve to be forgiven of our sins, to have one day have every one of our tears wiped away and be in heaven with the Lord. We do not deserve that. But the grace of the Lord is sweet and good and it refreshes our souls and it's going to carry us through eternity. Um, Just like this water satisfied the Israelites, the grace of the Lord satisfies the deepest parts of our soul. Um, So I just thought that was such a cool part. And now today we have the living water, which is Jesus. Jesus is our living water. Um, And like all this points to a bigger picture, right? It all points to the gospel. It all points to Jesus. Um, so yeah, I just thought that part was really encouraging and really good. Um, and then chapter 16 starts off with the Israelites back at square one. God has just blessed them with water, and then now they're hungry. Now they're like, okay, great, now I've got my thirst, but I ran out of food, and I'm hungry. Um, and let's see, yeah, in verse 2, "...the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness." So the whole congregation is complaining. So imagine two million people complaining. I would want to quit if I was Moses. I'd be like, can I put in my two weeks, God? Like, I'm done with these people. Uh, But the Lord said to Moses in verse 4, he says, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Um i was going to read something else oh yeah sorry going back up to verse three um and the people of israel said to them would that we have died by the hand of the lord in egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full for you have brought us into this wilderness to kill us to kill this whole assembly with hunger um so basically they're saying we wish we were back in egypt at least we had meat there now you brought us out here to die if I was Moses, I would have lost my mind. Like I'm so glad I'm not Moses. Uh, but this is also who we are, right? Like I am the Israelite. That is me. Um, in my pride, I like to think that I'm so much better than them, but I'm not like they, they complain and they want to go back to their old life, even though they've been rescued from it. Um, so this same thing that they do, how they look back to the life that God had saved them from, how do we do that too? Or do you find yourself doing that ever? Yeah. um Let me try to find it in my brain. Once I say things, it's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah. God saved. Them, or they yeah. the like God saved them from this awful life. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Mm. Yep. Maybe going back to sin because you're more comfortable with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Sin that used to be part of your old life. Mm-hmm. It's like easier to go back. Yeah, even though he's shown you like, let mm. not do that. Yeah, like life is so much better without that. Yeah. yeah, or even if it's not a sin, like looking back on past circumstances. Mm-hmm. So like, as a practical example, um, when I was pregnant with Luke, we like started the process of buying a house, but then with finances and whatever came through, they were like, "Are you going to be back at work for thirty days? If you if you're not, then your income can't count, and this and that and the other and whatever." Um, And long story short, we didn't get the house. And so if, a good example of it would be if today, I was like, oh my gosh, house prices are so horrible. If Mm -hmm. we had just figured it out and like worked, and I would like, if I had just stayed longer, if I had worked longer, then we would own a house and we would be sitting on all this equity in the bank because of the house, like, oh my gosh, why didn't we do that, you know? And that's not Mm -hmm. good. And the (laughs) reality is, that we're in a house that's literally the exact same floor plan as the one that we were going to purchase. Mm. What? We're <laughs> already provided. Why would I be complaining about this? This yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, kind of going back and like, should have been this, should have been that. Yeah. Or wow. even if we, so like, I struggle with, I'm not, I struggle with it. I really, really fight not to struggle with it, to look at, at back at my life and be like, well, I wish I had done this, or mm. I wish I would still be doing this, because the Lord moves things around for me, and yeah. <laughs> he moves things around that I would have chosen to keep, and all that sort of thing, so even, even if we're not falling back into sin, or we're looking back and saying, well, I wish I could have gotten to keep this, I wish I would have done this, I wish I would have had this, I yeah. wish, you know, and that's the same thing, that's the same discontentment, but you shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, so true, yeah, looking back, and, and that will just, like, eat you alive, too, if you, like... I wish I did this differently. I wish I chose this way differently. I wish I chose, like, this thing differently. Like, you can't choose it again. So, yeah. Yeah. We still battle the flesh. Like Maddie said, we, sometimes sin feels really comfortable. We want to go back to it. Um, Maybe it's something that, like, it was, like, a habit in our life, and then when you cut off that habit, you're like, oh, I kind of want to go back to that. It feels comfortable. Um, We battle with the flesh, and our disordered thoughts and in our sin, sometimes it's so easy to fall back into that and fall back into old things, um, I was meeting with a girl today and we were studying John 11, which is like Lazarus coming back from the dead Like Jesus is bringing back from the dead and he and Jesus says Lazarus take off your grave clothes And so he's like Lazarus. You're not dead anymore. So take off your, gra- your, da- your grave clothes, you know Like you are no longer a dead man. You're a living man So you need to put on real clothes take off your your grave clothes because No living person's gonna be walking around with grave clothes on and so in the same way We're called to strip off anything of our old life and put on the new life, which in Colossians 3, if you're looking for a good passage to study, that's an excellent one. Um, It tells us all the things we're supposed to put off. This should be no part in our life. Um, It lists a bunch of different things, and then it tells us to put on the things of the Lord, which are kindness, compassion, um, all those things, the fruit of the Spirit. It says to put off this, put on this, like you're dressing yourself. Um, So we're not supposed to go back to our old life which is what the israelites want they want to go back to egypt because they have food there um but they've forgotten all the things that the lord has saved them from um sorry um so yeah take off your old life um and put on your new life which is yours in christ he has saved you from your sins why would you ever go back there um we have to remind ourselves of that always because sometimes sin like sounds really nice it's like oh you had so much fun last time, do it again, you know, and like, or this will satisfy you, or like, just this one last time, and you never have to do it again. It's a liar, right? That voice is a liar. Um, It's going to steal your joy, it's going to steal, it's going to make you feel so bad afterwards, like, it's just never worth it, right? Um, So what do you guys think we should do when we're tempted to run back to our old life, or any old sin?
1: Well, I mean, I think there's like lots of things that we could do to remember God's promises. We could try to get like a friend to help us. Yeah. Um uh I I was like we could like pray to God to like mm-hmm. help us not be tempted. I know Jesus like asked his just, just his disciples to do that a lot. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Jesus does ask them. He's like, please pray so I don't fall into temptation. Like, yeah. But
1: the God of all creation is asking
0: for help in prayer from human oh. beings.
1: Well, no, Jesus didn't ask God. Jesus told the disciples to ask him. I don't know if Jesus did that, though, did he? I don't know. Oh. I don't think I've read enough of the gospel to Oh. <laughs> I
0: thought it was, like, in the garden. He was like, please pray. Or maybe he's praying that they wouldn't fall into temptation.
1: No. he. I don't remember. He asked the disciples to pray that they won't be t- I don't oh I don't you're know. right you're right
0: <laughs> but jesus is tempted like right he uses the word of god to combat that temptation um so yeah when we're tempted there's a lot of things we could do like Lisa said and we all know those things we just don't always want to do them um so we have to discipline ourselves and kind of force ourselves to do them sometimes um but looking back at verse four and five Um, The Lord says to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my ways or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Um, So notice here that the people complain, and there is no, it doesn't say like the Lord is angry with the people. Uh, The Lord like sends fire down and kills 50 of them. (laughs) Even though, like, you know, sometimes he does do that. But in this moment, he is abundantly gracious with them. And he doesn't even say anything. He just blesses them. He blesses them with what they need. He blesses them with manna. Um, So there's a few rules that God has for this manna, this bread from heaven, which is what he calls it here. Um, What are the rules for the bread? Go gather what you need for one day. One day. Only one day. Only one day. Unless it's... Six it's a day, six, six day, day and then gather goodness. for two days yeah why why is that a rule why did God make that a rule so They wouldn't get greedy. yes well if they shouldn't they why? <laughs> yeah they want to get greedy and trust that god will continue to provide daily yeah yeah he's training them right this is wilderness university he's testing them training them to trust him daily um, we don't need God some days, and then some days we don't need him. We need him every day, equally, every minute sometimes, all the time we need him. Um, we need him to satisfy, to fulfill us. And the Israelites needed to learn this. They really needed to learn this, that they needed God every single day. They can't turn from him. They have nowhere else to go. They have to go to heaven. To heaven. <laughs> I read the word heaven in my notes. <laughs> they have to go to God. One day they might be in heaven. <laughs> um, but, uh, so obviously we don't get manna raining down from heaven every day, even though that would be really cool if we got bread from heaven every day, but we don't. So what is our manna? What is our daily bread from the Lord? Yes, yes the Bible. The Bible is our daily bread. The Word of God is our spiritual food, and we need it every single day. It's like our sustenance. Um, it's what gives us energy, life. It's what reminds us of who God is. It's what gives us the encouragement to keep going. Um, this week I was so discouraged yesterday morning, I was like, um, I just was in a really low place, and the last thing I wanted to do was pray, and the last thing I wanted to do is read my Bible, and I had a whole work day ahead of me, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. There's no way I'm going to get through this, and I opened my Bible, and I read one psalm, and I prayed, and the Lord sustained me, and he does it every day, so he can do it for you, so if you're in a low place right now, if you are discouraged, if you are weary, if you are worn down, if you feel like you can't make it one more day, read the word like it works it sounds like like I know sometimes it's not what you want to hear like go read your bible but no like seriously like read your bible it's the word of God it's the word of the creator who made you it's your daily food and you need it like you need it so bad um so I just I like just plead with you to make sure that you're reading it daily and that you're talking about it with your friends and that you're praying over it um and just eating it like you're eating your breakfast John Piper has this cool like Thing that he lives by where he says, No Bible, no breakfast. So if he's like in a rush in the morning, he's like, All right, no Bible, no breakfast. So I'm gonna read my Bible if I don't have time for breakfast, or if I don't have time for my Bible but I have time for breakfast, there's an issue. So I'm like, And John Piper is like, sometimes he's a bit like, you know, like serious, but I do think that's a good rule to live by. Like, if you don't have time for breakfast, if you don't have time for the Bible in the morning then maybe you shouldn't have breakfast and just read the Bible. Or eat it at the same time. That podcast that you sent me a while ago about, like, motherhood or whatever? Yeah. So there's this mom, and she reads the Bible to her kids every single morning at breakfast. And some days she, like, will put bacon in front of them and say, you can't have the bacon until we read the Bible. Yes. Um, But she's like, I need to build good habits. How am I going to do this? And so she has a friend that plays – or that played the piano and she had to do her piano scales or whatever for 30 minutes every day and so she didn't like it she didn't want to do it and so she would like go to the bathroom and leave the timer running and whatever and so that friend to this day and she's like an adult and she's married and she's like real adult life anytime she hears scales she's like i have to go to the bathroom because your brain associates <laughs> stuff like that so this woman is like I do nothing throughout the day if we don't get our schooling done, if we don't get cleaning done, if we don't get anything else done throughout the day. First of all, I know that my kids have started their day with the Lord, I know that I have fed them the bread of life, I know that I have fed them the word of God, and my hope is, and she like giggles while she's saying this, my hope is that eventually my kids will like associate it that you start your day with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, she, like, even says, like, I hope they smell bacon and want the word of God. Yes. <laughs> like, she's, <Yes>. <laughs> like, training them. to <laughs> oh dog, where
2: they salivate. Yeah. sometimes
0: do a whistle. And her voice, I don't know if you thought this, her voice is the most joyful voice I've ever heard in my life. It's, like, joyful like, and sincere. Yeah, joyful, like sincere, and calming. And I was just, like, I, I want to meet this woman. She's my favorite one in that whole podcast. Yeah. Every time her voice comes up, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's a it's a really cool podcast. It's for moms. I can send it in the message. It's, it's for so moms, but it's like otherwise. so good. Yeah, it's about like the gospel and motherhood, but it's so good. But yeah, so true. It's our daily food. And if you have to eat your cereal as you're reading a psalm, do it. It's okay if you get a little milk or coffee on your on your Bible. Um uh, so looking at verse thirteen through twenty-one. Yeah, so this is like when this is, when the manna is like all happening. So, verse thirteen. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flick-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, "What is it?" For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, "It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord had commanded: Gather." of it, each of you, as much as you can eat, and each one shall take an omer according to the number of the person, of persons that each one of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so, and they gathered some more and some less. And when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered a little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left of it until the morning, and it bread worms and stank and Moses was angry with them I've angry with them too um morning by morning they gathered it each as much as he could eat but when the sun grew hot and melted um so we see that no one went hungry the Lord provided for them abundantly and I just like to picture like what this manna tasted like like this bread from heaven because like bread from earth is good right imagine bread from heaven I like read one commentator who like is convinced that tasted like a donut because it's like flaky and sweet mm-hmm. so he's like I bet it was like donuts from heaven and I was like I don't know but maybe uh, so I'm sure it's like delicious so that just again shows the grace of the Lord which is like the Lord didn't have to give them like bread from heaven he could have just been like here you go here's some like Orbs. some grain some worms <laughs> yeah some like seeds. yeah some just like seeds mm-hmm. from heaven or something that wasn't flavorful but later on in the passage, it describes the bread as sweet. And so, like, the Lord is so good to give these, uh, these people that have done nothing but complain something that is good, that is tasty, that is, tasty is a weird word, something that is, like, like amazing, you know? Um, and we see that a lot of people did not obey, and after even, like, after all the things that the Lord had did, they still did not obey. They, they failed in this way. Um, and the manna they stored up rotted and grew worms and smelled, and then Moses was angry with them. Um, but the manna that was collected on the day that the Lord said they could collect more, it was preserved so that just is like shows that the Lord means what he says like when he says the manna will not survive through the night, he means it and when he says I'm going to provide for you on the day that I have set apart for you to rest, he means it um, the Lord was doing exactly what he told them that he would do um, do you guys relate at all to the Israelites who wanted to like store up more for themselves and make sure they had enough for the next day do you guys relate at all to that? yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like wanna make sure that you're like well provided for and I love to prepare and yeah. love to know that whatever's happening that'll be taken care of, but Yeah. That's not how it works. Nope. If the like, yeah. the Lord does not or if the Lord needs to show me that he's going to provide. Whatever I have foolishly stocked up or whatever, yeah. whether it's money or food or, you know, whatever thing we're talking about here, like mm. he's gonna take it away and show me that he will provide anyways. Yeah. So So true so foolish to try to outsmart God, because yeah. you're not going to win. You're not going to win. None of your plans usually work out the way that you think they're going to work mm-hmm, out. No. Yep. Yeah, we. I'm a planner too, mm-hmm. and I've just realized I can't plan down to the to the, the tiniest part because it's just not going to work out that way. Um, and it's our human nature to not trust God. It takes a lot of discipline to trust God. It's like a muscle. You have to build it. Um, we talked about this on Saturday coffee Copying Conversations, mm-hmm. that People that are more farther along in their faith, it's like something bad happens and they're like, All right, praise God, he's gonna provide and I love him and you're like, What? <laughs> like, yeah, you know? But the Lord, like through time, he's also like we're also in the wilderness, right? He's testing us, he's growing us, he's make, he's helping us trust him more. And like I hope twenty years from now we all get back together for like a village reunion. And, like, we are able to see so much growth in one another. And maybe some of us will have gone through trials and we'll be able to say, yeah, the Lord has made me love him more through this. I, like, pray that happens. Um, And I know that it will happen if we're all abiding with the Lord and we're following him and we're eating the word daily. I I know that will happen. Um, And the Lord is also pretty serious about his people resting on the seventh day. He commands them to rest. It's, like, part of their rhythm. He wants them to take one day off a week to (laughs) rest and do no work. Um, he says, I'm going to provide for you on this day. You don't even have to go out and gather manna. Just trust me. I'm going to, get, I'm going to provide for you. Um, and God sets up this pattern of resting um, in the creation story. Um, and it's really cool to talk about um, and to think about the fact that God doesn't need to rest, right? But he rests on the seventh day of creation. And he's just doing this to set a pattern for the people, um, for our, for us, showing us that like it's okay to rest. And he's teaching by example in this way. Um, so why, as people... As human beings, why are
1: we commanded to rest? It gives us an opportunity to trust God and yeah. like, enjoy being with him.
0: Yeah. Yes, especially for those of us who don't like to stop. <laughs> it's good for us to stop sometimes. Yeah, help is trust. It's
2: really easy to get burnt out. Mm-hmm. By like yeah. If you do something mm-hmm. that you consider work day after day after day and mm-hmm. you don't stop,
1: to get burnt out really fast yeah for sure awful. <laughs> it is it's horrible it's terrible we
0: also the lord knows that we need rest mm-hmm. he doesn't he knows that we do like mm-hmm. i don't know about all of you but when covid first started and there was no church no small groups there was like nothing
2: mm-hmm.
0: and like sundays weren't sundays they were just like weird like watch was, the tv it was a What's whole it
1: mess it was a whole like
0: my week was thrown off. I like didn't have a day of like just setting aside time to focus and worship with other like. It was a mess. Yeah, <laughs> and the Lord knows that we need that time to just cleanse hmm. or start over. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, He knows because He made us and He like programmed that into us. Mm. We're very weak. We need time to rest. Yeah, he calls us to be one-seventh less productive than the rest of the world. His, his people are supposed to rest. Mm-hmm. It's an act of humility, right? It's like throwing up your hands and being like, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you in this day. I'm trusting that you're going to provide me the money to survive, the food to survive, that you're going to help me just let go of whatever's going on in my life. And it's hard. Like, I am so guilty. I I think I take one rest day a month, which is not good. I'm trying to build that up in my life. Like, Fridays have started becoming, like, my days. Um, And true rest, Maddie and I were talking about this, I think, yesterday, right? True rest is not like sitting on your couch and watching Netflix and numbing out, right? Not rest. (laughs) Because as soon as you turn off the TV, the problems of life are right there back in front of you. um, And you actually haven't rested your soul. You might have rested your brain from thinking, but you haven't rested your heart and your soul. And you haven't even thought about God probably during that show, unless you're watching like chosen. a chosen. Chosen. chosen something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what are some of your guys' favorite ways to rest? What do you go to on your rest days? Like, <laughs> sleep.
1: I've slept like four hours in the middle of the day. I'm so tired. Yeah. Well, you probably but, needed it. I think I did. Yeah. I no, That's
0: been, I think, that's my job. <laughs> Yeah. Usually so on my days off, I take some sort of nap. Wow. Yeah. I'm four hours so long nap. Yeah, that means that you have not been getting good sleep. Not for a long time. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah second after, that's probably my first one, sleep, But after, after that, I think for me, rest probably just it's like not having a schedule. We mm-hmm. talked about this yesterday. Um, but also not necessarily being at home. Like yesterday, I had the day off, and like I hung out with Carly Henry And then I came over to Riley's like a weekly like discipleship thing, and um just like spent the day like out of the house but with no like set schedule necessarily. Yeah. Which was restful because I wasn't worried about being here or being there or like just stuff like that. Yeah. And that was really restful for yeah. me. Yeah.
0: And then like you're still like moving and doing things that are relaxing. Mm-hmm. You're not like shutting down. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I know, Elise, you've started doing something in your business, which I admire so much. Do you mind if I tell people, do you want to tell people what you did? Sure. Yeah, Yeah. do it.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you guys know, like, I've been trying to, like, find different ways, like, to grow closer to God, and I've been praying about that a lot lately, and I was like, God, I just want to know you better, and I want to find more ways to just rest in you and just understand your faithfulness and, and study your word, and he just made it very obvious to me, like, through his word and through, like just different like sermons I was listening to and just by different like textbook like, convictions and stuff. Like he was like, you could take a Sabbath day. You could just like not have any work on Sundays. So now I just don't book any weddings on Sundays. And I just spend yeah. it with Woo-hoo! my church friends and taking lots of naps. <laughs> 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 it's really, really yeah. Nice. Yeah. And those days are so sweet too. Like I'm so happy that, like, he told me about it, because, like, it's just, it's so sweet, and I love having it, I feel so much more energized, like, throughout the week, Yeah, great.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, and I think that it's so cool, because weddings only happen Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday Sunday. Sunday, so when you say no Sunday weddings, you're taking a big risk, and running a business that's all about weddings, because then, like, out of the three days, you're only two-thirds available, yeah. but, like, the Lord's gonna provide and bless mm-hmm. that,
1: and my and, business is all about him, yeah, like, that was another thing, like, that he was convicting me of, like, you gotta make this like, everything in your life all about me. I was like, okay, let's take Sundays off. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's so cool. And, like, mm-hmm. so encouraging that, like, if, like, none of us run a wedding business. So if we can, like, we can surely take one day a week off, too, mm-hmm. when there, we have so many other days that we can work. Um, and I love that you said that you want to make your life all about him because that ties into our next point. Yes. Um, which we need, a rest day helps center our life all around him, right? Um. So all these, all these things revolve around Him. We praise Him. We look to Him. We rest in Him. It's all about Him. We were created for Him. We were created to know Him, to follow Him, to glorify Him, to be with Him for an eternity. That's why we were created. So we are supposed to cling to Him. Um, and forming a rest day is all about forming a day that looks to the Lord. Um, so don't form your rest day around Netflix or Instagram reels, which I am tempted by daily. <laughs> um, <laughs> form it around taking time with friends and getting coffee and talking to your friends about the Lord and going on a walk and praying and taking extra time. Or uh, if you're a mom and can't get away, like doing something that's like actually enjoyable for both of you guys. And um, yeah, you know, you know how to rest well with you and Link, I assume getting better at it. i'm yeah. like you i'm like go 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 this is what i'm supposed to be doing this is what i'm like scheduled to do mm-hmm. so rest looks rest is hard for me yeah <laughs> but it looks different when you have people to provide for and care for yeah like resting where any of you are in life this might sound hurtful if you're in a just if you're struggling to rest but it's not hard to take because you're you just have you're accountable for yourself mm-hmm. that's it you don't have a little mouth to feed, you don't have all this stuff, and so I don't mean to be offensive or hurtful by saying that, but when you have someone else to care for, you have to kind of reinvent what rest is yeah. in your life and how you understand so the rest. Because, like, Sundays are days where I like slowly laundry, slowly dishes, but if I'm like, oh, this is like, it's will work, you don't want to do it, then I'm like, we don't need to. We'll save it for tomorrow because I'm, this may be lame, but I enjoyed providing for my family in those ways. So it's not heavy for me to throw in a little laundry. It's not heavy to do some dishes. But yeah. like, if something becomes not joyful, I'm not serving. I'm not loving my family or giving to my community in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is not for something. We'll save it for later. Yeah. Even if that means that my counters look horrible. by yeah, <laughs> One day, okay. like, yeah. I'm sure the Israelites, on their rest day, their house wasn't very clean. Well, so most often, so in Jewish culture, they take a day called Preparation Day. Mm -hmm. So the day before Sabbath, they do all the cooking, they do all the cleaning, they do all the whatever, and they get their, they prepare everything in their lives for the Sabbath so that they're not living in a house with a bunch of dishes and all that. And I tried doing that for a little while, and it was really nice when I tried it. I actually was like, okay, Saturdays or whatever Mm -hmm. day before, I was like, really, really work at this and really try it. And it was so nice to you. Really, didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. even joyfully do anything. So mm-hmm. I might go back to that. Yeah. That, awesome. yeah, that sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, Hopefully I didn't offend anybody. I yeah. <laughs> didn't <it> mean <laughs> to be in in the No. Because I know then. that resting for yourself is hard. Yeah. But but it's good to build up the habit now mm-hmm. so that one day yeah. when you have a baby, it's easier. I think about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not right now, I'm a kid, but I'm always like, man. But it's wow. so it's so important to learn mm-hmm. things about yourself how do i rest how do i need time with the lord like if you are a night bible reader then you need to know that about yourself if you're a middle of the day bible reader, you need to know that about yourself if you're like you need to know these things about yourself like the foundational pillars of what keeps your faith strong with the lord mm-hmm. that's what we've been talking about for weeks you need to know about yourself so that when there's changes when there's a husband, when there's a kid, when there's a home, when there's more things. You know what you need to make sure that the Lord is still the center of your whole life. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So surprising. So surprising. <laughs> Yeah, so my encouragement that I'm going to leave with you guys is just to um, praise the Lord more for who he is. Um, to try your best not to grumble and complain like the Israelites do, but to trust and, pro- and that God will provide and to look for ways to truly rest this week. Um, and to eat His word, like you're eating manna, like, do it every day. Um, and yeah, that's all. Um, I'll pray for us, and then we'll jump into prayer requests. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for who You are. That You're a God who demands all our praise, but it's also such a joyful thing to give You praise, and that's where our our true joy and our true life is found. And I thank You that um, You're a God who cares for us, who's patient with us, who blesses us with things. Um, that we don't deserve, um, and Lord, that you give us things that are good and sweet and enjoyable, even though we don't deserve them. Lord, help us have eyes to see those things, and to praise you more in them. And I just pray for all these ladies, God. I just pray that um, you would give them a craving for the word, that um, that every single day of their lives would be marked by them depending on you and trusting in you and knowing that you're God, and Lord, um, knowing you is a lifetime thing where. We're always growing. We're always changing, but you never change, and I, I praise you for that. And um, Lord, help us rest this week. Help us rest in you and truly rest, not not just numb out or try to find ways to forget the problems in life, but to actually rest in you and remember that you're God and that you're in control and honor you with every single day of our lives. And um, yeah, God, thank you for who you are, that you are God who never changes, and we love you. You I pray. Amen. Amen.